6 to 7 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Very good evening and thank you for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM uh, Sport On on this uh, flashback of Friday. Uh, Tabi Somosia is me and Katlako Mudiba is producing. And as usual on a Friday, we catch up with one of our sporting stars of yesteryear. But tonight's guest is still involved in the game in a very big way. And because we've been celebrating Women's Month here on SAFM throughout the month of August, it's only right that we have one of the stars and leading lights of women's football in the country and that's that is the Banyana Banyana head coach, Coach Desiree Ellis, who had a sterling career herself as a player and captain of the national team that she is coaching now. Not only that, but Coach Des will be co-hosting the show with me tonight. And I wonder how she feels about that. Coach, good evening. Uh, good evening, Tabi. So I'm actually very nervous. You're taking me out of my comfort zone. Oh, really? <laughs> it can be as hard as playing football? No, this is, much, th- this is much more difficult. But uh, we need to be taken out of our comfort zone so now and then. Is it harder than the World Cup? I think so, yes. <laughs> I think so. Okay. This is not something that I'm used to, though. Okay, no, we'll take you right along, Coach. Just stay with us. We'll hold your hand throughout the hour. Will you also use this opportunity to catch up with Coach Desiree and just trace back her journey uh, from uh, the Western Cape and having worked in a butchery? Is that correct? Uh, that's correct, yes. I worked in a butchery. Uh, I made spices. When you're eating your French bologna and your... Um, other polonies and, yeah. and all of that, and your penny polonies and all of that. I'm the one making the spices that they that they throw in with the rest of the mixture. You That's what I did at the butcher. And they fired you? They fired me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll not, not because I wasn't good at it, eh? <laughs> but Be- for other reasons. For other reasons. It must be football. Definitely. <laughs> okay, we're going to get into that later on, Coach. But we've got a big story that we need to cover. If you missed the big story of the day, football is back at the SABC, back where it belongs. The uh, PSL action will return to the SABC this weekend on TV and radio. That follows meetings this week between the sports minister as well as the minister of uh, communications and multi-choice and the PSL. So we'll be joined shortly then uh, by the acting COO at the SABC, Dr. Craig Van Royan to talk about this new partnership but there was a statement that was released earlier today and I know a lot of people wanted clarity on that statement so we've invited then the acting COO of the SABC Dr. Craig Van Royen just to give us more details about this statement and if you have missed that statement I'm going to read it for you the SABC released a statement, also the minister released a statement, and then there was a joint uh, statement also. Uh, but short, the, ministers of, the Minister of Sports statement says that I would like to thank all the participants, multi-choice, the PSL and the SABC for their positive approach, which ensures that ordinary South Africans are able to access football in the country. We recognize the importance of sport and in this instance, football in promoting national cohesion and commend all stakeholders involved in this deal between Supersport and the SABC is for five years and the minister says it recognizes the need to ensure the sustainability of the PSL and um we will find out more then from Dr. Craig Van Royen, who's going to be with us shortly. If you want to weigh in on any of our conversations, please feel free to call us at any time 891 That's our studio number. Our SMS line is 41391. And we take voice notes uh, for those on WhatsApp. You can send your voice notes on 061 And we are using the hashtag SAFM spot on. By the way, it's also a historic 
weekend uh, with the start of the National Women's League. Is that what brings you to Joburg, coach? No, I actually love here now. You're kidding Yes, me. I love here since I've been appointed as the head coach. So, oh, that is wonderful. So, so I've been around. And how do you feel about the start of this league? Very exciting news. I'm hoping it's going to be really competitive. But it gives all national team coaches a great opportunity to do scouting mm-hmm. um, because you'll see the players on a regular basis. And we, are the players that you'll be seeing for the first time, are you familiar with some of these players in these teams? Well, Bloemfontein Celtic, um, you know, former national champions and TUT, um, uh, the Gauteng champions, uh, uh, the national current national champions. You mm-hmm. also have uh, University of Johannesburg um, from Gauteng. Um, you've got Mamalodi Sundowns from Gauteng. Then you have uh, Golden Ladies uh, from Northwest. You have Thunderbirds um, from the Eastern Cape. Uh, you have... Uh, first touch. First touch. Let Noko's team. Uh, no. Noko's team is my Indies. Ah. But we don't know, you know... Um, uh, some of the teams might try and recruit players, mm-hmm. you know, to strengthen the team. You have the University of the Western Cape, Cape as well. Um, you have Cold City Wizards from Pumalanga. So you know you've got uh, uh, really a, a, a big bunch of, uh, of of really good teams that have been there. Um, and uh, TUT uh, won the Gauteng League and the and the national champions. Ah. so do they do they start as favourites? Well, you have Sundowns, uh, you have UWC. Um, it'll be interesting, though, because you don't know the squads they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't know if they've um, recruited more players. Um, so the first one, uh, which is at the Nike Centre, will be really interesting to watch, and I'm looking forward to the games tomorrow. And, of course, you're coming off the back of uh, a third straight Kosafa Cup uh, a title. Um, there was a bigger picture, though, because I remember before the tournament, you said you're starting a new four-year cycle. How do, you, how do you feel about the success and did everything go according to plan? Look, it went according to plan. We had the opportunity to give uh, newer, younger players an opportunity. Um, and with the overseas-based players not being available, um, it gave us a chance to make the pool bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and some raised their hands more than others. You know, uh, Nicolo was a, yeah. was a real gem at the tournament. Robin uh, played really well. We also had two players from the national championships that we gave an opportunity. We recalled some players that came back from injury. And then, as we know, Janine injured herself. So mm-hmm. it gave other players a chance to step up. And I remember after the 17-0 when you still were not happy. You felt you could have scored more goals. Look, um, you know, we were 6-0 up at halftime. We didn't know uh, anything about the opponent and we didn't want to underestimate anyone. And when we were 6-0 up, I said, you know what? Let's try and break the Banyana record. Mm. I was part of the team that set up that record. So, But let us keep our shape, you know. Let us not just anyone just dribble through on the own. Let's still play football. And uh, we could have scored maybe one or two more. You hit the post? Yes, we hit the post a few times. And, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, um, records are there to be broken. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm glad that they did, you know. um, This generation has done really well. And uh, they deserve it. Tokyo 2020 is your next focus. Now you've picked a squad uh, for Botswana. Some of your overseas base players are are, are back. Is that how seriously you're taking this game? We have to, you know. It's uh, it's a big competition. Um, We've been to the Olympics uh, uh, twice in succession um, and looking for a third time. But Botswana is never an easy game. Um, mm. You know, we've always had tough games against them. Uh, they were not at the Kosafa Cup. They were preparing in Slovakia. Oh. Um, they sent the under-20 team and prepared in Slovakia and came back now the other day. Um, they played uh, some club teams in, in Slovakia. But we've just got to be on top of our game. You know, some of our players from abroad have played in the Champions League, mm-hmm. qualifying matches, and that's experience you cannot buy. And then the experience of playing at the Kosafa Cup, second to none, you're giving some newer players an experience of playing in an in a, in a international competition. 
Okay, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to weigh in on our conversation, it's Flashback, Flashback Friday. We're catching up with former Banyana Banyana captain, now coach Desiree Ellis. You can call us on 0891-104-207. Our SMS line is 41391. We take voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. And we're using the hashtag SAFM Spot On. SAFM, leading the conversation. And guess what? We are joined on the line now by SAFA President Dr. Denny Jordan to talk about the start of the National Women's League. Uh, Dr. Jordan, good evening from us on SAFM. I'm also not alone tonight. I'm co-hosting the show with a certain person called Desiree Ellis. Thanks for joining us. Uh, good evening, Dr. Jordan. Uh, good evening, Desiree. Uh, you're swapping jobs now. No, not at all. I'm taking <laughs> a chance to get out of my comfort zone. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a bench for you to sweat, you know. <laughs> no, I'm sweating here. Don't believe you, me. <laughs> oh, okay. Don't worry, Doctor Jidan. We're gonna release her after this show. Um, 24 hours to go, sir. It's almost here. Is there a sense of relief or excitement from your side? Yes, I, I think it's a wonderful moment for um, women football in our country. Uh, I think people in the country are not quite aware of the tremendous strides that have been made um, in women's football, nor of the quality of players that we have. And I think uh, the league would be another step change in driving the national agenda for women's football in the end and producing uh, a banana team that will challenge for the next uh, African Cup of Nations and the next World Cup. Uh, and I think uh, tomorrow is the beginning of that step. So it's a wonderful moment and we're all excited. It's a long time coming. We planned over the three years. We've invested more than $150 million in grassroots football through the Legacy Trust, through Cecil, uh, and produce the kind of player that I think uh, will make us proud, uh, both in 2022 for the African Cup of Nations, as well in 2020 African Cup of Nations, but finally in the 2023 uh, Women's World Cup. Dr. Jordan, uh, we know that the matches are played at the Nike Centre tomorrow. Will that be the case for the rest of the of the National League? No, they, they will rotate by province. Uh, this is just the beginning of course, the Nike Center has uh, an artificial uh, surface, artificial turf, and that would be another adaptation, I think, from natural grass to artificial turf for for the teams. Uh, so I think it would be overall uh, a good experience for the teams. Uh, but the league will have festivals in each province, and, and over two days uh, all of the teams will be in action. Uh, on Sunday, uh, the SABC will be there to televise uh, one of the matches, and that would be great, so that people can see uh, the quality of football. I still would have hoped that uh, your your match uh, in the final against Zambia, just for the sheer quality that was produced in that final of the Kosafa Cup, but also your match in uh, against Malawi, and, and, and how you came back. Um, the quality of football produced by uh, Banyana team, 
uh, I think would have surprised many people in the country. Uh, so we look forward to a wonderful uh, nation, National League for women's football and, of course, uh, look forward to the weekend, which will be showcasing uh, club football uh, at the national stage. Dr. Judan, did you just say that some of the games will be on TV? Uh, we have been undertaking that, that one of the games will be televised. That's great. Um, and that's on Sunday. So I think uh, that should give uh, the country at least uh, an insight on the quality of football uh, that will be produced there. And and overall, how long are they going to play for? How long will the season uh, last for? Well, it, it's of course, as any league, it will be a two-round uh, league. 12 teams uh, so it'll be 22 matches uh, and uh, there'll be a, a league winner in the end uh, as in every league I think as the league grows uh, we'll add a knockout competition that I think will bring more excitement uh, so uh, let's let's see the weekend and, and let's see how the league uh, uh, runs of course what we have we have uh, two of the PSL teams there. We have Mamalori Sundowns and Bloom Celtics, and then two university teams. And and that uh, comes from the university league. Of course, the champion of the universities, uh, UJ is there, and also uh, UWC. And, and the universities, I think, have produced already quality uh, club competition if you look at the university leagues and 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 when you integrate them with with the other clubs that has been around uh, uh, Devon ladies has been around for many years uh, i expect high quality football uh, very exciting news uh, dr jordan but how different will it be from the sasa league well the sasa league as you know uh, is a provincial league uh, the teams play within the geographical boundaries of each of our nine provinces. Uh, and then at the end, the league winner of each of the provinces, which would, of course, be the nine provincial winners, uh, they will then go and play uh, at the national competition. In this case, the teams will play nationally against uh, other teams from other um provinces on a weekly basis and, and that is the difference that where the Sasso League you only play at the end of your season after you've only played in your province in this case you will play against teams from KZN or Gauteng or Western Cape uh, on a regular basis as the league uh, progresses. Okay, Dr. Jalan, if you can just stay with us, we just want to take a quick break. And anybody who's got questions about the Women's League, the lines are open 0891-104-207. SMS is 41391 and voice notes on WhatsApp 061-4104-107. That's studio number to call 0891-104-207. At SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter. Okay, we've got a caller on the line here. Victor from Nelspreit, uh, what's your question? Yes, good, uh, good evening. Good evening, Victor. Good evening, Victor. Um, it's Mr. Jordan still on the line. Yep. All right. Um, I just want to contribute something. This is quite an exciting uh, 
I know news to actually hear. I, I'm thinking, uh, perhaps I didn't start with the show. Maybe I might have missed it uh, along the way. But in, uh, I heard that uh, some of the games are going to be um, televised. And I was actually wondering, um, rather thinking, hey, I think this is a good idea. How would it be maybe, let's say, um, say it's a Saturday and we're having a game in the afternoon, maybe um, past three, I'm talking about the Premier Soccer League, the men's uh, game, that uh, we can actually schedule these games to happen on the same day, um, just, you know, overlapping the times, so that when the fans go out to the stadium to actually watch, they can actually do both games. Mm, I see what you mean, Victor. It's a very you good. Hear me? Yes, yes. We've seen a lot of that. It happens in the Absa Premiership where the matches are scheduled at different times. And I think we'll put that question also to the SABC because they'll be with us also shortly to talk about the breakthrough in their talks with the PSL and Multi Choice. Uh, Dr. Jordan, it seems like uh, Safa has to found, fund most of this first edition. Are you disappointed that corporate didn't come on board? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, People say seeing is believing. Uh, and I think uh, South Africans are late believers. <laughs> you know, they are skeptical until the thing happens. Uh, and I think to, uh, tomorrow and Sunday, when people see this is not a pipe dream, it was not something that most of the people said will never happen. Mm-hmm. Because that is what they used to, that in the history of football in our country, there was never such a league. And, and therefore, what never happened will never happen. Uh, but we must create and fill the gap in South African football and the National League for women's football is a gap that was there for as long as football was played in this country. And I think once uh, it grows, uh, commercial partners will, will come on board. If you look at the the league in Spain uh, had the same problem. And in the end, it became viable. Uh, you have an average uh, spectators in the stadium of 50,000. Uh, and the quality of the game has improved. And of course, we played against Spain in the first match in the World Cup. And you could see the physical condition of those players. Uh, and because they play on a regular high uh, competitive level. Europe has taken a further step and created a Champions League uh, for women's football, uh, which means that if we go back and play against European teams in 2023, we must expect that the competitive level uh, will be even higher and therefore uh, we could never have stayed only at the provincial level. We have to take the next step up to the national uh, league level. And then uh, we have to talk to Cat to create, uh, in the shortest possible time, a Cat Champions League for women's football because FIFA is talking about the Nations League uh, for women's football. Uh, and so... The gap for African teams, again, would be from a provincial league right into the uh, Nations League for women's football across the world. And and so the gap uh, is widening while we struggle to close the gap. So uh, I think 
commercial partners must assist uh, in this process uh, if we want to remain competitive, not just on the continent, mm. but in world football. We have another caller, um, Roxino from Centurion. What's your question? Uh, we seem to have lost uh, Roxino. We have uh, another caller, uh, Rami from Etridgeville. Uh, what's your question? Hello, Rami. Hey, hey, how are you, sir? Fine, thanks. Coach is also here with us. Hi, Rami. All right, Hi, hi, hi. Um, I just have a question. Obviously, it's about the vision of, 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 of the sport. The question I'm trying to raise is that um, the vision. Aren't we in this problem because we got old people who have been in this game and lack the vision going forward? Have they groomed people to see beyond this and the 5G technology? Do they need anybody to do this? Do they have a succession plan? When is Uncle Danny and Uncle Koza and them leaving this and young young stars to take over? For an example, are you aware that if a, a minister, Tito Mboweni, by the time he got into government, just 25 years ago, if he trained a grade one student today, he would have had a master's in finance. Okay, I today think we've we got that, Rami. I think we've got that. Um, we've got another caller, Coach. Yes, uh, Roxina is back uh, from Centurion. What's your question? Uh, good evening. How are you, uh, Coach? I'm good, Roxina. I hope you I'm do good, good too. Um, I just wanted to ask uh, first question here. Uh, what's the price money for the ultimate winner? And then uh, the other thing is suffer as a mother body because it sometimes makes rules. Like you find that on under 23, you'll be told that certain player with certain age should play. Is it possible in future for suffer to tell each and every PSL team to say, please can have a women's team? Okay. And maybe that will improve the league. Okay, thanks for that, Ruxina. Throw it back to the president. Then two questions there, president, succession plan and prize money and whether there are any rules. Yes, of course, there cannot be an organization without a succession plan. Um, if you look at the number of younger people in, in football, um, our provincial presidents, members of our executive, uh, majority of them are young in their 30s and 40s, uh, and some even in the, in the late 20s. Uh, and we, we encourage that, that the youth must get involved on the governance side of football. There can't, can't be an organization anywhere uh, that does not encourage that. So we do encourage that. Uh, we also encourage growth of our membership. And in the case of women's football, for example, we have over 400,000 women footballers. And we said by 2022, we want $1 million. Uh, women's footballers, and clearly the growth area is in schools. If we can get 50% of the 126,000 schools that we have in this country to have one girls team, uh, then we would have reached that target uh, even go beyond that. And, and of course, in developmental terms, the broader the base, the higher the peak. So we must grow the base and get more uh, girls and women playing football. Uh, <clears throat> as far as 
the the league and 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 PSL clubs are concerned, uh, we already have two clubs: uh, Mamelodi Sundowns uh, and Bloemfontein Celtic, and that is the model that that Fran- uh, Spain used. Mm. And even England using. If you go to England, you'll see the women teams playing in the English uh, Women's League. Uh, you have Manchester United, Manchester City, Tottenham Hotspurs, Everton, uh, and so on. If you go to uh, Spain, you have Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Villarreal, uh, Valencia, uh, Atletico Madrid, and so they all have Team. For the sake of time, Dr. Dinijo Dan, we're just going to move to the one about the prize money. Um, is the prize money for, for the winners? Yes, there will be prize money for the winners, but the point that you raised earlier, uh, we are in negotiations with uh, commercial partners for the league, and we will announce it uh, once all of those matters have been resolved. But yes, of course, not only prize money for in the end, but what we have to do, remember these are amateur clubs. Mm. We have to strengthen the management of the clubs uh, and give greater support so that le- these uh, clubs can compete mm. uh, at the national level. Finally, Dr. Jordan, we're celebrating Coach Desiree Ellis with us here in studio tonight. What mark would you say she's made in football in South Africa? Well, uh, Desiree is the first generation uh, Banyana player. Uh, and she has seen and walked the entire road from player to assistant coach to captain and now to head coach. And, of course, she is the first coach to lead women's football to the World Cup. Uh, She has been there as the assistant coach uh, in the Rio Olympics, And, and now she has upon herself uh, the challenges uh, in the next phase of Vision 2022, and that is uh, we've already she's been crowned as the Kosafa champion, must now qualify for the African Cup of Nations and qualify for the World Cup, uh, and uh, we want to wish all the best, and I think we have the players to achieve uh, both those objectives, okay. and we want to wish all the best. Thank you, Dr. Denis Jordan, for talking to us. We're excited. We can't wait for the start of the Women's League, especially now that one of the games will be broadcast on TV. A really exciting times ahead. After this, then, we are joined in a studio by the acting COO at the SABC, Dr. Craig Van Royen, is here with us to talk about that breakthrough. As I mentioned at the top of the show, football is back where it belongs. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 104.4 FM in Durban. And without wasting any time, let's welcome Dr. Craig Van Roy. And after that joint statement was released uh, today, the PSL, the SABC, Multi Choice have agreed on the PSL rights for the next five years, which brings an end to uh, the blackout of PSL games on the SABC. Dr. Van Roy, good evening, and thank you for joining us in studio, sir. Good evening to you and good evening to the listeners. You must be pleased that the impasse is over, not only for the SABC, I would guess, but also for the football-loving South African public. Yes, I am most pleased. Uh, I think today we reached a milestone, uh, mainly in the interest of the South African public, and I think that's been our intention all along. 
It's been a tough three weeks for everyone. Uh, what's your message to the football-loving public that's missed out on the action so far? Yeah, firstly, you know, I'd like to apologize for especially the first uh, three weeks of the PSL where there was a blackout for uh, the matches. But I'm happy to say that uh, we've reached agreement uh, between the three parties, that being the SABC, uh, Multi-Choice and the PSL. And um, yeah, I think today we're happy to announce that uh, for the coming season, we will be uh, broadcasting 66 matches. Um, and that uh, we are quite, uh, we're quite proud of. And how important, Dr. Van Rooyen, is it for this deal to be commercially viable? Because that's been the big word from the SABC, that anything that uh, we do here as the SABC must be commercially viable. Yeah, j- just before I answer that, you know, um, it is it is a commercially viable deal. But uh, I-, I think what uh, made it commercially viable is that all the parties pulled together. And um, I think everyone sacrificed a bit in the interest of the public. And, um, you know, it's not just a, a negotiation from the SABC. Um, I also firstly want to thank uh, uh, Minister Stella and Dabini Abrams um, because, uh, and um, Minister Nati Ntetwa because uh, they were instrumental in bringing the parties together. And I think once we got around the table, uh, we all acted in the interest of the public. Um, and uh, also want to thank uh, Dr. Irvin Koza. Uh, as well as uh, Calvo, the CEO of uh, Supersport, and uh, uh, MTS, Mr. MTS Patel. Um, you know, we all sat around the table mm. and um, we departed with the public interest at heart. And that's how we, we arrived at a financially viable deal for the SABC, both in radio as well as, as in TV. That's good to hear because a lot of people want a clarity on whether it's just TV or it's radio. It's both TV and radio. And I'm sure John Lishula, who tweeted us yesterday, he said that he's visually impaired and he relies on the SABC for uh, football matches. I'm sure you'll be happy wherever you are listening to us from, uh, John. And how long is this partnership for Dr. Van Rooyen and how much are we talking about here? Yeah, so I'm not going to disclose the financials um, and commercials on the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, safe to say that it's financially viable for the SABC, um, and it's a five-year deal. So for this year, we start with uh, 66 matches, um, and it's uh, important matches that we're talking about. Um, we're talking about all the finals. We're talking about all the semifinals, all the quarterfinals, all the major derbies. And that's across all of the major tournaments, the ABSA Premiership, uh, the MTN8, the Telcom Knockout, as well as the NetBank Cup. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll be over the course of the season, uh, you know, uh, broadcasting on both radio and TV these important matches. And that also includes, um, uh, you know, major matches between Kaiser Chiefs, uh, all of the major matches between Kaiser Chiefs, uh, um, Sundowns, as well as Pirates. Um, uh, for the remainder of the season. And when when do they start? Do they, do they start this weekend? Yes. So, um, yeah, uh, as you can imagine, we, 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 we mustered a deal on the last minute. So, you know, between the parties, we're working quite hard to ensure that there's feeds mm-hmm. available. So the first TV match will be broadcast tomorrow, which is Saturday the 24th. And that's the match between Black Leopards and and uh, versus Island Park. Island Park is yes. in Toyando. Um, in, to- in Toyando at three o'clock, 
And then, uh, you know, the radio match, uh, well, that match will also be broadcast on radio. Mm -hmm. But in addition, tomorrow we will also be broadcasting um, uh, the APSA Premiership match between uh, Golden Arrows and and, uh, Chippa Chippa United. That's at 3 o'clock. We'll also be broadcasting also the APSA Premiership match between uh, Kaiser Chiefs and Supersport at... um, Six o'clock uh, from uh, mm. the FNB Stadium, and then also on Sunday on the radio, we'll also be broadcasting uh, um, Barocca versus uh, Bloemfontein Celtics, and that'll be at uh, three o'clock. And on Sunday as well, we'll also be broadcasting Stellenbosch versus Maritzburg at two uh, thirty. Oh. So, so those are the matches for this weekend on the radio. Oh, it's a bumper weekend for sure on SABC. And is that the end of the talks now? Are the discussions going to continue going forward? Has everything been resolved? Um, I believe that there's still much more discussions to come. And the discussions are really around how we make it more exciting uh, going forward. So we've got 66 matches. We obviously want to ensure that the soccer-loving public gets more. And that's the kind of discussions we will have going forward. So what I must add is that for the next five years, uh, we don't, we will never have a blackout uh, when it comes to PSL matches. Um, but what it does do, because we've signed a five-year deal, it allows us more time to start negotiating with sponsors mm-hmm. um, as well as the advertising community. Um, and we also have more time to make it more exciting around uh, magazine programs going forward. Um, so that's the important part to me around the deal. In the past, you know, we normally only concluded these deals like a day before a match needed to be produced. And um, or in, in some cases, uh, the best was around three months that we had. In this case, we have a year to start, uh, you know, talking to sponsors uh, for next year's events. Mm. Let's just take one call here. Jusia from PE, uh, you've got a question, I believe. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Kaviso. Yes, go ahead. Um, a question and a comment at the same time. My question is, firstly, um, why SABC can't clinch the same deal or even less a less deal in rugby and cricket? I'm saying this because we, 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 we mm-hmm. as black people, it seems as if we are, we are only um, told that the only sport that we must watch on SABC is, is football. Kanji, we, we both watch rugby and, and cricket. And these are both, both all, all these sports, all three of them are national interest. Secondly, why only 66 games? Because a, a, a one team in the PSL plays 30 games. Why only 66 games? Okay, Jussi, yeah. thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Um, people have been asking about rugby and cricket. Uh, do you hope that this is the start of things to come? Yes. So, um, uh, uh, let me answer about rugby. Uh, from from a rugby perspective, um, we are talking to Supersport, who's also uh, the rights holders for rugby. And we're also trying to get to a financially viable deal uh, with Supersport. Uh, the one thing that we also need to identify that as much as what we say, uh, we as black people, you know, we, we are, we, we're not only a soccer-loving nature, uh, nation, the truth of the matter is that the majority of us do watch soccer. And because the majority of us do watch soccer, it means that audiences create revenue, and that's what the advertisers pay for. 
Um, so, um, you, you know, it's just the fact that adver- advertisers would pay more to advertise during soccer matches as opposed to most rugby matches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's the order of the day. But, uh, you know, from a rugby perspective, we also do understand it's a growing sport in South Africa. And when I say growing, I'm talking about for us as the majority of South Africans. And for that, we're also negotiating to try and get it at prices that are feasible. The SABC will never again go into any sporting ventures where we will consistently be banking losses. That's how we landed up to where we are in the first place. And we're really working hard to strike that balance between giving the public what they need and making sure that we don't sustain losses over the longer period. So when it comes to sport, in terms of meeting our mandate, particularly uh, sports of national interest, the SABC primarily not, uh, is not looking at making a profit. Uh, but we at least have to break even. And in some cases, we will even make a small loss because those are covered in some cases, by uh, government funding. Okay, just before we let you go, just to get clarity here, is it 66 matches for the season or for this year? The, 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 well, for the season. For the season. Okay, this is great news, Dr. Craig Van Royen. Football is back on SABC. Lots of positive reaction. I know you've got other commitments, but thank you very much for coming to studio and joining us on SAFM. Yeah, but just before I go, I want to say it's a privilege <laughs> to be in studio here with Coach Desiree Ellis. Very excited and pleased to meet you. Thank you. You're far too kind. We're celebrating Women's Month. We're celebrating Coach Desiree Ellis and we're celebrating the start of the National Women's League and we'll continue our conversation with Coach Desiree Ellis after this break. Zanzi's Sporting Milestones, Moments and Stories. Flashback Fridays with Tabiso Musia. And we're still in conversation with Coach Desiree Ellis, the Banyana Banyana a coach, and I'm going to be asking her the questions now. Uh, coach, we had that conversation with uh, Dr. Denny Jordan. Are you disappointed uh, what he had to say about the lack of sponsorship? Extremely disappointed. You know, we're always urging corporates to come on board. Um, you know, Cecil took a chance uh, uh, many years ago. Um, and look where Banyana and the Cecil League is. So... You know, it's really grown women's football and helped women's football. And, uh, you know, to come on board now and grow with the sport would be amazing because you don't know where it's going to be in the next five years. Mm. And as a coach, what will you be looking for focusing on in this league? Well, we obviously will be monitoring the players that are playing in the National League, but also U17, U20 players. And it will be exciting because you'll be able to monitor them on a consistent basis, you know, where the games are taken to different provinces. So if you identify some players in the first week, the next week you can can monitor the players and the following week. And you're not always able to do that in Mm -hmm. in the SESA League. Does does this league make your job easier or do you still prefer that we send our players overseas? Look, uh, there's no speed experience. You cannot gain the experience that you gain by, by not going overseas, mm. you know. But we've got to go to the bigger and the better clubs. Um, that will only help, you know. Uh, not just anyone gets to play in the Champions League. Um, that is definitely of a, of, a, of a higher level than what we have at home. But I think the competitiveness will increase, and that is what we're looking for in the National League. And what do these overseas players, base players bring to your team, the likes of Leandre, the likes of uh, Tembi in China? 
You can see when they come, you know, the, the, the mentality, you know, the attitude, but more importantly, um, the way they also carry themselves and the way they, they are on, on the pitch itself and they have the interactions with the other players, um, you know, telling them, uh, you know, wh- what the setup is there and, mm. and how, they, how, they, how they react to that, those setups. And they, they come back with an with almost different mindset. For those who have just joined us, we're still catching up with Coach Desiree Alice. You can call us or at any time on 0891-104-207. The lines are open. Our SMS line is 41391. And we take voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. For those on social media, use the hashtag SAFM Sport On. Coach, let's trace your journey now. Uh, the, the other generation will only know you as a coach. Uh, the other generation knows you as a player. But just talk to us about, I mean, growing up in Cape Town. Was it Salt River? Uh, in Cape Town, how yes. was how well? Was I, it well, I went to school in Saltover. We mm-hmm. lived in Haderfell. Then we moved to Anova Park when the when the place got too small. When the kids, <laughs> when my brothers and sisters came along, um, we went to school in Saltover because both my parents worked. So after school, we would stay at my grandmother's place, and that's where football started. Um, when you get home from school, the boys are already waiting for you at your at your grandmother's house. <laughs> <laughs> how was that family structure? Because I know you've got a very strong bond with your mother. Um, well, my father passed on uh, in 1988, uh, but prior to that, he was my biggest critic. Um, he was my biggest supporter too. Made sure that I got to the the soccer field. Um, made sure that I had a pair of soccer boots. And uh, mm. when my father passed on, you know, my mother took over that reins and uh, very critical at times, <laughs> <laughs> but also very supportive at times. And uh, being away from home, it's really great to be able to, you know, have that family support. And was it easy to find clubs to play uh, women's football? Did you have to play with balls with boys? No, it, w- it was difficult. You know, back in the day, I didn't even know the w- that women's football existed. Um, you know, so I ended up playing with boys and uh, um, even played for the school for the teachers against the the school team, which was um, uh, mostly boys. Um, and that's how I got sc- scouted for a girls' ah. team um, at the age of fifteen. Um, I was asked to join a club called Athlon Celtic and uh, didn't know there was girls. And I, yeah, I am flat-chested, short hair, <laughs> and very tiny, um, you know, and making my debut, um, coming on as a second-off substitute and, and scoring, scoring a goal. <laughs> you remember it like it was yesterday? Oh, yes. Is that where you would say your career flourished or where did you say your career, your career uh, started going up because you also played for the Spurs ladies team? That's right. Yeah, that came very, very, very much later. Um, uh, eventually, the Spurs ladies team... Uh, um, it was used to be called uh, Choices United and then changed a few names as sponsors came on board. Um, but then we, we, we joined Cape Town Spurs mm. um, and that was a, a really good journey, you know, interacting with the, with the, with the David Medici's. And was it that it. Cape Town Spurs team with yes. Sean Bartlett and Roger yes. Lupi? And them. Yes, yes. Yo. And then when they merged to become Ajax, unfortunately, they didn't take a ladies team on board. So uh-huh. we didn't venture very far from Cape Town Spurs. We just called it Spurs Ladies. Um, the club is still in existence, though. Haven't been around, uh, um, you know, so now and then I would chat to the coach. But uh, that's really um, where it all started. Now, we spoke about you being fired from the butchery. <laughs> <laughs> and you said it can only be because of football. Is that what really what happened there? It was the first time Banyana was ever formed. And back in the days, it was called Bafazi Bafazi. And, um, <laughs> no way. Yes, Kabu Zita changed the name. She said, ah, that's, uh, that's an ugly <laughs> name. You know, Kabu Zita changed the name. And uh, in, back in the day, we drove up in a minibus. So we get here. Terry Payne was the first coach. and mm. we get Terry here. Payne, MBE. Yes, was the first coach and we get here, um, we tried for the national team and we play Swaziland, we win 14-0. 
Um, and uh, I was one of three people to score a hat trick. I remember Kabuzita was the other one, and I think Bertha King. Mm. And uh, um, uh, Kabuzita, <laughs> most. Uh, Skillful player I've yeah. pl- played with and against. Most skillful. And uh, on the way back in the minibus, we get a puncture. Oh. Um, and I get to work a day late. And they say to me that I absconded. <laughs> so I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> and look where football got you. Let's go to the lines. We've got Makaveli in Kajiso that wants to speak to the coach. Makaveli, good evening. Evening, how are you? Fine, thanks in you. Yes, uh, congratulations to a coach for their new league. And I'm just having a short question for actually is a request also. Uh, Coach, how are you? Uh, Makaveli, I'm good, thank you. I hope you're doing good too. I'm trying harder. Listen, Coach, uh, how do we join this new league as a community? We have uh, a new team of our our community here. It's not yet uh, competing to these other leagues and etc. But we would like you to help uh, so that we can see this woman getting somewhere as we're celebrating the Women's Month. Makaveli, maybe we can take your details and I can give you a call later. Okay. Okay, please. That's great. Thanks for that, uh, Makaveli, and uh, also keep us updated. Good luck with the work uh, that you are doing. Now, Coach, I'm interested to find out that in your time when you were playing with the likes of Cabo Zita, um, could you make a living then out of football if you're fired from your regular job? Or was uh, it tough? No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. In the beginning, um, uh, I used to get unpaid leave. Oh. Uh, and the money that I made, uh, that we got at Banyana, which wasn't, which wasn't a lot of money, um, we would, I would put that aside to sort of cover up for my salary at the end of the month. Oh, <laughs> sure. So, so what kept you going if you were not playing the football for the money? It was definitely the passion. You know, we, we had this fantastic group of players. Mm. Um, you know, they just loved the game. They just wanted to really go out and play. And when the tournament was held at Fosloris, mm-hmm. we said, here's our opportunity now to market the women's game and to market ourselves. And I think that really was the growth or, or the start of the growth of women's football. And when you look at your playing career overall, uh, what would be some of your highlights? Well, obviously, becoming the captain of the team yeah. um, and then winning the first trophy, which was the my very last game for Banyana Banyana in 2002 in Zimbabwe. We beat Zimbabwe 2-1. Mm. Um, that was the Safa Cup trophy. Um, that, that really, really stands out. Oh, that's incredible. Was it was it jersey number six? Yes, jersey number six. If I remember six. correctly. Yes, jersey number six. Was, was, was there significance to it? Not really. The... I actually wanted number seven, oh. just for the sake of wanting the number. But we had Bertha King, who really liked the number. And I said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll take number six. <laughs> and, uh, and which coach did you enjoy playing under? Um, I must say the late Sandile Bali. Oh, okay. Um, he came on board. Um, had a completely different philosophy, you know, putting the ball down on the ground and really playing, playing and allowing us to, to showcase our, our talents and our skills. So I really, enjoy, I really, really enjoyed playing under him. We were surprised when we looked <laughs> that you just you have 32 caps over a nine-year period, though. Does that mean there were not enough games? We didn't play that often. Uh, we'd only play one or two games in the year. And oh. when there was an African uh, Cup of Nations, we'd play more matches. Um, and in the year that there was no tournament, um, like I say, would hardly be any games. Nowadays, I mean, they play almost 50 in over two year period or so. Sure. So when did you realize then that in 2002, it was time to hang up your boots or was it winning that trophy? 
Look, a new coach, a new coach came in, and uh, obviously you 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 hope that you get selected. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get selected, and but I still continued playing for my club. And uh, when we won the national championships, um, it was back then the Vodacom. We beat Swallows in the final. Um, I got a, the, a gentleman by the name of Mr. Williams, mm-hmm. who's with the Premier Cup. Um, he said to me, ah, you know what? Even Sarami said to me, when are you going to do your licenses? <laughs> you know, um, and I'd done, my, I'd done my, 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 my introductory with Horse Critter back in the days. Oh, yes, I remember Horse Critter. Very Krita. back in the days. The and, then I, and then I went into, into already at uh, Spurs Ladies, I was already a player coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you decide that you don't feel like going to training today, you know, then it's a, then it's a sign, <laughs> or you make up an excuse. Then it's a sign because I loved going to training. I love mm. training. I love playing, and when that happens, then it's definitely a sign that you know it's time to give up. You didn't get to play in the World Cup, but you took a team to the World Cup. Where does that qualifying for the World Cup rank in your career so far? It's got to be the highest. It's got to be that is the ultimate for any yeah. player or any coach is to go to the World Cup, um, and it was absolutely amazing. You know, just. When you walk out and you saw that flag and the team comes out and they sing the anthem and you, you almost want to cry. Mm. And how far do you want to take this team? We spoke about Tokyo 2020 next year, but what's your vision? What's your plan with this team and how far do you think it can go? Look, the first objective is obviously to qualify for the Olympics again. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a tough road, but we are quite capable of that. And then the next step is obviously the, the African Women's Championships in 2020. But the big one is in 2022 mm. because it doubles up as a qualifier for the World Cup. And hopefully we would have won the bid to host, uh-huh, the, yeah, to host, to host the World Cup in 2023. Um, but if not, then that becomes the, the really big tournament um, to play in the, in the next World Cup. And it was imperative that we go to this one so that if, you, if we win the bid, um, you don't uh, play in your first World Cup, but you play in your second World Cup. Mm-hmm. And you can take the lessons. What lessons do you take from this World Cup? I think when we, when we, when we looked at it, um, you know, um, uh, 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 we always speak about when you play at the higher level, then you have to minimize your, your mistakes because the, the mistakes get punished left, right and center. Mm. Also, when you get an opportunity, you've got to take that. And with this National League um, starting, we're hoping that the competitiveness will get us to that level where we will also learn to minimize our mistakes, um, also learn to take the opportunities that come our way. Because if you look at the Spain match, if we yeah. had scored that second just after halftime, uh, we could be talking differently now. So those are some of the lessons. And you look at uh, the USA beating Thailand 13-0. Mm-hmm. And people ask us, why did we beat um, Camus 17-0? It's one of the lessons learned. We went behind against Malawi. We didn't panic. We kept true to who we were, put the ball on the ground. And, and, and won the game eventually. So those, you know, those are those are some of the, some of the lessons, um, and we've got to apply that all the time. Okay, well, coach, our time is up. Thank you very much for coming to studio. We're really uh, honoured to have you here. We wanted to highlight what you've done and give you the respect that you deserve. And I know that they always say, as a coach, you must your career is in a suitcase. You never know when you'll be fired. So if that happens, I think you can do something here on radio. Don't you think so? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not so sure about that. Let me tell you, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. Um, but uh, you pulled me through. So I'm. I'm really happy for that. Thank you, Coach. You've really made us proud. Your team has made us proud. We call them the pride of the nation and we'll keep supporting you and all the best going forward. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. That's Banyana Banyana Head Coach Desiree Ellis and good luck to all the teams taking part in the National Women's League this weekend. We'll be in Soweto to support all of you tomorrow and Sunday. Remember, entrance is free.